Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is up, guys, and welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host, and this is episode 21. This one is something that I've been planning for a little while, and I'm wicked excited to record it, and I'm really excited to bring it to you. I think it's going to bring a lot of value to a lot of you, especially those who are kind of in the beginner stages of weightlifting, beginner stages of fitness, beginner stages of trying to transform themselves and introduce fitness and uh, a healthy lifestyle into their current lifestyle and uh, make some changes for the better. And it's going to be all about compound lifts. Okay, so compound lifts, what are they? Why are they so important? I harp on this a lot throughout the podcast and a lot of my posts on social media because of how important I think compound lifts are. And I'm not the only person that thinks that way, um, but I understand that not everyone understands what compound lifts are and why they're so important or why people like me think they're so important. So before I really go all in on that right now, if you are new to the podcast and you haven't listened before, you've only listened to maybe one or two episodes or something, uh, and you're curious of what the Strength of Body and Mind podcast is all about. Well, that name, Strength of Body and Mind, and some of the other brands that it's affiliated with, Sobam Gear Company, and even my training business, it's all built around one central core pillar, which is mental strength and the mind-body connection. So I personally believe that the mind-body connection is way stronger and a lot tighter than we as like humans think. I think it's extremely misunderstood and widely understudied, the uh, that whole concept and, and all of the science behind it. And I think that, actually I know, that we need to put a lot more energy into trying to understand that because the mental advantages that people have who have a very fit and active lifestyle are substantial. And also the confidence and the mental strength that come as a result of doing good things for your body uh, provide an ROI that not enough people really pay enough attention to. So those who have actually gone through the exercise of creating a healthy lifestyle completely understand this, whether they know that they understand it and whether they talk about uh, the fact that they understand it or not is a completely different story. But those who have gone to the, I guess, extremes of transforming their lifestyle so that it is centrally focused around bettering themselves physically have experienced that mental advantage and that mental development and mental strength and confidence and self-worth boost on the other side. And that's what I want to bring to people's attention through education, through awareness, and just get the conversation started on that topic. I'm obsessed with it. So that is the purpose of this podcast. And 
We do two podcasts a week. One is more focused on body, um, exercising, training, all things kind of physical, right? Nutrition, food, uh, things like that. And then there is also a, a, a mental strength and mentality podcast every single week. Okay, so there's we're hitting both ends of the strength of body and mind um, spectrum, whatever you want to call it. So uh, anyway, today, this podcast episode, episode 21, this is going to be all about compound lifts. Okay, and again, what are they? Why are they so important? And why I think that everybody should incorporate compound lifts into their fitness regimen, whatever it is, whatever your fitness goals and objectives are. So again, if you're new to weightlifting and you're new to fitness, you may not know what a compound lift is. You may or may not have ever even heard the term compound lift, and that's fine. So essentially, there's two types of, of exercises when it comes to weightlifting. There's two types of lifting approaches, two, two different approaches to lifting weights. One is a compound lift. Okay, and the other is a an isolation type of lift. Okay, so a compound lift is something. Actually, I'll start with the isolation lifts. An isolation lift is a a type of lift where you are isolating not just a muscle group, but also usually a joint. Okay, so you're isolating everything to one moving joint. Right and one muscle group, right? So one prime mover unit, and that is a, a great way to target very specific muscle groups. Obviously, if you're trying to build something very specific, and that could be for strength reasons, that could be for trying to build muscle density reasons, that could be for trying to build vascularity reasons, whatever. Now, just a side note on that muscle density, muscle size, muscle vascularity, muscle uh, mass, I guess, those are all functions of strength and vice versa. So anyway, I mean, I guess the more, what my point is, the more strength you have as a result of lifting more, the more muscle mass, density, vascularity, etc. you're going to have. So anyway, um, isolation exercises allow you to isolate a muscle group, a prime mover unit, uh, down to usually just one. So an example of an isolation exercise would be something like a preacher curl. So if you're familiar with bicep curls, right, which you're taking, uh, we'll say dumbbell bicep curls, you have a, a dumbbell in your hand, right? This is for the ultra beginners who have, have never really lifted weights before. And everybody starts there. So you know, there's no judgment here. If you are picking up a dumbbell in one hand, which is just a small weight that you're is it is intended to be lifted with one hand and you are curling that upwards right so you're bending at the elbow your arm is bending at the elbow your palm is facing away from you okay so the weight is in your hand the palm, your palm is facing away from you the back of your hand is facing inwards towards your body and you're bending your elbow in order to lift this thing against gravity and up towards your shoulder Okay, you're going all the way from having your arm fully extended downwards by your leg, usually by the middle of your thigh, and you are bending your elbow in order to bring that weight up past your waist and past a 90-degree bend in your elbow so that the weight comes all the way up closer to your shoulder. Okay, that's, that's your traditional bicep curl, and most people know what that is. 
Now, if you were to have your the back of your arm, like your tricep area, resting on a platform, usually either a preacher curl bench or just a regular incline bench, okay, and you do the same exact exercise, now you're in ultra isolation mode, okay, even more so than just doing a standing bicep curl because now your arm is resting on that bench. So when you do that curl, there is very, very little synergistic support from anywhere else in your body in order to lift that weight. Okay, it's pretty much all on your biceps and your forearms. Okay, that's an, and you're only obviously moving your elbow. You're not moving your wrist in order to do that. You're not bending your. You're not. You're like moving your wrist joints. You're not moving your shoulder joints. You're not moving any other joints. Okay, and you're not really calling on any other muscles to help lift that. It's pretty much all in your biceps. So because of that, it's an isolation type of exercise. And now that you have hopefully visualized what I just described, it's hard to do that in words. So bear with me. But if you are visualizing what I'm describing and you understand how, okay, now it's just one joint and it's one muscle group really being targeted. Now you can start to see that all over the body. Okay. So if you do a, uh, like a quadricep extension, okay. A quad extension, a leg extension, or vice versa, if you're or, uh, reversed or whatever. So if you're doing a, uh, a hamstring curl, you know, one of those exercises where you're sitting down usually, uh, at a machine and you have your legs straight out in front of you and they're resting on some kind of padded thing. And as you curl your legs towards you by bending at the knees and bringing your heels uh, down beneath your body, you are pulling weight against gravity through a pulley system, and that takes all of your hamstrings in order to do that. Um, that's an isolation exercise of your hamstrings, typically, okay? It's pretty much all your hamstrings, and you are getting some synergistic support, just not a lot, okay? So, again, that's an isolation exercise, and those are great. Isolation exercises are amazing, but the problem with an isolation exercise is that you only really get the benefits of that exercise through uh, into that one muscle group, okay? Only one muscle group really sees the benefits. So, again... Yes, there is synergistic support. I understand that. <laughs> but it's very, very minimal. Okay, so isolation really, for all intents and purposes, can be thought of as just an isolation to that one muscle group that's being worked. Okay, so a compound exercise, moving on, is the opposite. A compound exercise is an exercise that requires t uh, typically more than one joint to move and al always in every case, more than one muscle group to be activated in order to make that lift possible, okay? So it's, it's the opposite of an isolation exercise. And as a result of doing an exercise like this, a compound exercise that requires you to activate multiple joints and multiple muscle groups, what happens is your body is going through a a development that is exponentially greater than just doing an isolation exercise, okay? Um, and I'm going to get into more of that in a minute. But what I want to do now that I've kind of described a sort of the textbook um, example or textbook definition of what a compound exercise is versus an isolation exercise, I'm going to break off now into some more practical stuff around these. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on isolation exercises. In fact, I'm not going to break down any more <laughs> 
um, isolation exercises because I just, I don't really want to focus on that here. I'm going to focus on compound exercises. So um, again, before I get into these, I'm going to just say one more time that I believe, all right, because I've experienced it and my clients have experienced it and friends that I work with and other athletes that I interact with, we believe that I, uh, compound exercises are the core foundational piece for building a body that you want, any body that you want. Okay, so whether you are a bodybuilder and you don't care about lifting this much weight or that much weight, you're not trying to outlift people, you're not trying to gain speed, you're not trying to do anything truly athletic, you just want to have the physique of a bodybuilder, compound lifts will be a critical piece to building that. If you are a model, all right, and you're just trying to build a, a nice looking physique, okay, not overly muscular but not thin, you want to be somewhere in the middle, compound lifts will get you there. If you are an athlete, like a true athlete, and you play professional sports or semi-professional sports or something, compound lifts are going to make you more explosive. They're going to make you stronger all the way head to toe. They're going to provide muscle density in places that isolation exercises cannot provide for you. Okay, If you are just an average Joe, right? Just a, just a regular dude or a regular woman. And you just want to lose weight, build a little bit of muscle, and you just kind of want to feel good and you want to look good, right? When you look in the mirror, you want to like what you see. Compound lifts are going to be so helpful at helping you get there. Do you need to do compound lifts to achieve all this stuff? No, I guess you don't. But compound lifts make everything easier, everything faster. And I just don't understand why anyone would not incorporate them. They're not any more risky than not doing compound lifts, okay? They don't add more risk than just isolation exercises. And they make the, and when I say they're faster, I mean, we're talking about years. If you want to build a nice physique and you're starting at ground zero and you start with just isolation exercises and you expect to get there, let's just throw out a random time frame, three years. Okay, it could take you three years to get you where, to where you want to go with your your aesthetics, right? Your body, whatever you're trying to get after. If you are using compound lifts, however, and you're sprinkling in some accessory work, some isolation work, whatever, you could get there in less than a year, right? You could get there in months instead of years. And so, I mean, it is real. Now, when I say it like that, you you might be thinking, oh, three years versus one, that's not a huge deal. Um, but I'll promise you that going to the gym three, four, five days a week, every week, 52 times, that's a year versus doing that 152 times or, you know, 156 times, um, three years, you know, that's, that's a huge difference. That's a lot of days and months and seasons that you're going through to try and get to the same result. All right. And compound lifts can take all of that time and condense it down and save all of that extra energy that you would have used to go to the gym. And in my opinion, waste time like I did when I was younger. So compound lifts, let's break off into what some practical compound lifts are and why I think they're important and how to, um, to, to really understand what muscle groups are being hit by those compound lifts. So what really makes them a compound lift? Now, in the industry of bodybuilding and powerlifting, there is this 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 big three 
um, category when it comes to compound lifts. So if you start looking into bodybuilding and powerlifting, especially some of the old, like older type materials that are out there floating around blog posts and articles and whatnot, you may come across this and it's called the big three. The big three are three different compound, compound exercises that are kind of widely understood to be the most impactful compound exercises for building mass, for building strength, for building muscle density, and for building overall total body strength that translates directly into having bigger lift capabilities in other areas. Okay, so they're, they're gateway and bridge type exercises that not only target the specific muscle groups that they're intended for, but also allow for better performance in other areas. Okay, so they really are great exercises. Now, I can attest to uh, all, all of these three at being extremely effective at doing all of those things. In other words, if you introduce all three of these exercises into your routine, then you will see a, a, massive, um, a massive impact, positive impact, in other areas of lifting, okay, and not to mention fat loss, and not to mention just like total aesthetics and vascularity and muscle density and everything else that you are very likely looking for. Okay, so what is the first one? The first one is the squat, okay? We've talked about squats before. If you're not familiar with squats, then we have some work to do because we need to really get to the bottom of what a squat is. But first and foremost, a squat um, and, and there's a whole lot of different variations on the squat. I'm just talking about your straight barbell squat. I'm not going to talk about any fancy variations here today. Just old school, regular, uh, standard form barbell squat. Okay. Now the target muscle groups that the squat is intended to hit are the glutes, the hams, the quads, the calves, and the core. Okay. So everything below the waist and then the core, that's the other thing. So all these compound exercises, they have a huge impact on the core. Now, everybody who is trying to lose weight or get fit or whatever, they're always going to have at least a moderate amount, a moderate amount of focus on their core. They want to have abs of some sort and, you know, having visible abs is a sign of being in very, very good physical condition, typically being lower body fat and being in really good shape. So uh, and I understand that um, squats and all compound lifts are going to provide a massive advantage for those who actually do them in terms of getting uh, a better, more visible core and having a stronger core. Okay. It's because compound lifts requ require at least the big three compound lifts. They require you to have stability in order to perform them. Okay, especially once you get up to the higher weights, you need to have really, really good stability throughout the core in order to hold yourself up and have the right balance in order to perform the lift. So the squats are going to be a major, major compound lift for building all those things. Glutes, hamstrings, quads, your calves to a lesser extent, and your core. And I'm talking the entire core, right? Sternum to waist, pelvic region, obliques, everything. Uh, number two is going to be deadlifts. Now, this is my personal favorite exercise. A lot of people love the squat, and they kind of consider that the number one out of the big three. Uh, deadlifts are my favorite. So why are they my favorite? Well, for muscle groups that 
you can actually feel being affected by this uh, exercise when you're actually doing it are the glutes, your hamstrings, your quads, your calves, your entire core, again, sternum to pelvic region, obliques, everything, but also your lats, your traps, delts, forearms, biceps, and all the synergistic grip muscles in your arms, okay? Um, I, I actually consider the deadlift to be and I know I'm not alone here, to consider it to be like the secret weapon lift, okay? This exercise alone, if you do no other exercises except for deadlifts, this exercise alone can build people's bodies into what they want, okay? I I believe that 100%, right? If I can't do any other exercises for a day or something, or if I'm on travel or whatever, but I can I can carve out time and, and, and find the equipment to do a deadlift, right? And actually stack some weight on and do, you know, a, a nice, a nice solid deadlift, a few sets of it. Um, then I feel okay. Okay. Because that is, in my opinion, the truest total body, but actually effective total body exercise. Um, and it really does hit all those muscle groups that I just mentioned in a very, 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 um, strong, like impactful way. And you'll feel it. And sometimes when I do deadlifts and I'm going for either a PR or I'm doing like a really heavy progressive overload or hypertrophy type day and I'm just like really slamming on the weight and like living in that three, four, five, six rep range, um, I'll feel the next day, I'll feel like one of my synergist muscles somewhere that I just don't normally feel like I'll feel a part of my rhomboid, which is uh, it's a muscle below your trap uh, muscles in your back. And, uh, I'll feel a part of that, that in a good way, just, you know, it was working. I'll feel like, I'll feel one of those muscles just, just throughout the day that I just don't normally feel because I know it was activating in order to keep my back straight or something like there's just, there's little things that get hit from doing deadlifts that if you do nothing but isolation exercises, you just don't hit them the right way or the same way. And, People who incorporate things like the deadlift are the ones who are going to appear to have a, a, a more fuller build, okay, and a little bit more muscle definition because all of those little smaller muscle groups are being hit. And so the deadlifts, in my opinion, again, is the secret weapon lift, and I think everybody should be doing a deadlift. Now, just doing a deadlift, that doesn't mean you need to, to do a 500-pound deadlift, okay? You can do a deadlift with 100 pounds, and um, I think everybody, after a while, can get there. So anyway, I'm not saying the weight's not important. I'm just saying you don't need to stack on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds to make it effective. Just the, the, the deadlift lift itself, I think, is extremely important and effective. So same with the squat. Now, number uh, three, this is compound lift number three. This is the bench press. Okay, now a lot of people in some industries and a lot of people who do certain types of lifting programs, they have different feelings about the bench press, uh, but it is considered a big three compound lift and you're not moving a lot of joints, okay? You're not activating a ton of muscle groups, but you are moving the shoulders and you are moving the elbows and you're moving them in order to press weight away from your body, okay? But you're doing that in a way uh, just because of the way that you're balancing and the way that you're stabilizing your body in order to do it, you are hitting in a major way your tri your chest, obviously, your triceps, but you're also hitting your, this is what people most people don't know, you're hitting your delts, okay, your back, you're hitting your traps, uh, you're hitting your lats, 
right? Which is like the outside of your back, uh, your forearms, obviously, and your core. Most people don't think you're hitting your core when you do a bench press, but you actually are. You need to stabilize your body and balance your body and activate your core in order to perform a bench press. It's the truth. Okay. So those muscle groups, they all get hit in a very impactful way. Um, now those are the big three, but there's another one that I kind of like roll into the big three list. So in my opinion, there's really a big four, uh, but a lot of people don't see it this way. That's fine. And that fourth exercise is the standing overhead press. Okay. Some people think of it as the military press. It's kind of the same thing. Um, really just nomenclature at this point, but, um, I just call it the overhead press. Okay. The OHP. Now, um, I prefer standing, and the reason I prefer standing is because that's really what makes it a solid compound lift, okay? And the muscle groups that get hit with a overhead press are the delts, okay, which is shoulders, traps, right, which is like your neck area, upper back, um, and your upper chest actually gets hit pretty hard with a overhead press, your triceps, and then your lats get hit, but also, this is a major one, okay, I put it last for a reason, uh, is the core. Again, core, guys, that's a huge muscle group that stabilizes your entire body. When you, have you have you ever actually tried to lift weight over your head, like a lot of weight? It's very, very difficult. That's one of the hardest things to do is to lift weights over your head while standing up. It's very difficult. Um, so when you incorporate the overhead press, right? Which is a nice, it's very form driven. Uh, you have to stabilize your core, you know, you have to have a good posture and everything. But when you lift that weight over your head, right, everything is being balanced and stabilized through your core. So if you don't have a strong core presence and uh, a lot of stability there, then that weight's going to start to wobble and you could end up dropping it potentially, or you have to end the set early or whatever. Um, you have to have a strong core in order to perform it. Okay. Now, this is very different from doing something like shoulder lat raises where you're just activating one joint and um, and really just one muscle group or, you know, front shoulder raises or something like that. Now, those are great. Those are great exercises for building your delts and for building out your, you know, your front and rear delts and, and building out that definition between your triceps and your delts. That's That's all great. And it does add strength. It builds strength. But if you're not incorporating all of those muscle groups at the same time, through a compound lift like the military press, um, you're just you're not going to see the same type of growth, and you're certainly not going to see growth at the same rate. Okay, the same speed. It's just not going to happen. Okay, but if you use a deadlift or a military press or both, hopefully, and a bench press, you're going to see some substantial growth in a very, very, very short period of time. Okay, um, so here's some other compound lifts that are outside of the big three, big four that I think are extremely important to kind of sprinkle into your workout, whatever your routine you're doing is. Um, and these are things that I use all the time and you'll, you'll probably know at least a couple of them. One of them is lunges, uh, prefer preferably the heavier, the better in my opinion. Um, so lunges are great. They work the glutes, your, your hamstrings, your quads, your calves, and your core, especially for doing nice, good, heavy ones. You can really feel it basically from your sternum all the way to your feet. Yeah, it's a great exercise. Um, and it also really helps with stability and balance, okay, which in turn feeds your ability to deadlift and squat and bench press and overhead press even better. Uh, second one is 
dips. Uh, okay, dips are an exercise where you jump up on two parallel bars or near parallel bars, and you are just uh, you know holding yourself there and dipping your body below so that your arms are going down to you know, roughly a, a ninety degree angle, and then you're pushing yourself back up. So it's it's really a pushing exercise. And what's cool about these is if you angle your body forward, then you end up getting more of a chest workout, okay? But if you angle your body so that you're kind of straight up and down, you get more of like a tricep workout. So you can do both and you can test back and forth and find out what is best fitting for your your current workout that day. Uh, But again, you know, these are a great exercise. You can sprinkle them in as a superset and they are technically a compound because they're activating multiple muscle groups and man, are they effective. They're very, very good. Uh, bent over rows. Okay. This is an exercise that I like to use barbells for, and this is a great exercise for targeting your, your lats, your traps, uh, your lower back. Um, this hits the rhomboids, which I mentioned earlier, which is that muscle group below your traps, kind of in the middle of your back. It's a good stabilization muscle group. Um, all of those get hit when you do a bent over row and then obviously your core, cause you need to bend over a little bit. You need to activate your core in order to, to hold everything together and balance and stabilize. Great exercise. Highly recommend it. Um, another one are pull-ups. Okay. Everyone knows what a pull-up is. Most of us couldn't do them in high school and that's fine. I couldn't either. Um, but pull-ups are great weighted. If you can do them, which means put on a weight belt and stack on some weight and let the weight kind of hang between your knees. Uh, pull-ups are fantastic for building lat strength and size, traps, your rhomboids again, but also your biceps and your forearms. So this thing's going to hit pretty much everything on your back and your whole arm muscle group. Um, and it's it's really amazing at building strength and size in those areas. Um, a couple more here. One of them is shrugs. Okay, this is this is a compound exercise for sure, and it's great, and it actually has uh, been been hugely beneficial for me in building my physique and my strength. But I don't. I know that. Uh, I guess I understand that not everyone wants to do them. It's kind of looked at as a exercise for just building those neck muscles that you see in most bodybuilders. And yes, there's some truth to that. But it also allows you to build a lot of upper body strength, okay? Because a shrug is a piece of like a clean and jerk, which is a power move powerlifting move. And it takes a lot of core strength, a lot of chest strength, a lot of shoulder strength, a lot of back strength in order to do those. And if you incorporate very, very heavy shrugs, then you're, you're actually introducing a piece of all of that. And by doing those and by introducing the piece of that major lift, you are, you're, you are building all of the synergist muscles that contribute to things like deadlifts and contribute to things like overhead press. So it's actually a very effective um, exercise but one that I guess I would keep a little bit lower on the list, but I still incorporate them and I still see fantastic results from doing shrugs. So I wouldn't discount those. Um, Another one here, this is kind of the last one that I want to go over right here. This is close grip bench press. Okay. So instead of having your, your, your hands out passed by like, I guess your shoulder range on the bar. um, If you move them in so that they're kind of, um, I don't know, I guess aligned with like the middle of your chest, like the middle of each pec, I guess like your nipple area, uh, and you do a bench press at, with that grip, what you're going to see is, what you're going to feel is a lot more strain and effort on, by your triceps. Okay, your triceps need to work harder. But also, it's going to build your chest just in a different way than the wide grip uh, bench press. It's also going to hit your lats. A lot of people don't understand that when you do a press like that, 
you're actually affecting your lats in quite a substantial way. You're making them work very, very hard in order to do that lift. But anyway, that's kind of my last one here. So, you know, again, why use compound exercises instead of isolation exercises? Well, you know, again, and I did touch on this earlier, the reason is because compound exercises engage and activate so many muscle groups at the same time, okay? They don't just focus on one muscle group. So it really introduces an element of efficiency. Um, And this all causes growth in multiple areas at the same time, okay? So if you're doing something that is gonna work four or five, six muscle groups, four or five, six muscle groups are gonna actually feel the result of that and they're going to develop at the same time. Um, may not be at the same rate, you know, it depends on which one has to work as hard and whatever and, you know, nutrition plays a role, everything, but you're hitting all these muscle groups at the same time. So again, it's it's it really comes down to an element of efficiency. But the other thing is that you build a lot of strength by doing this, okay? Compound exercises build a ton of strength. And again, strength is a function of muscle density, muscle size, muscle mass, and vice versa. Muscle mass and size and all all the aesthetics things, all the aesthetic things that you're probably looking for like I am and I was are functions of strength. You can't have that muscle mass. You can't look toned and defined and cut and ripped and shredded and all that unless you're strong. You just can't you need muscle size and and muscle density, and in order to build those, you need strength, okay? So building strength is essential. And ladies, if you're listening, building strength does not make you look like a man, okay? <laughs> I promise. It would take you years and years and years and years and years and all kinds of tweaking and testing of your routine and your diet in order for you to start looking like a man. If you lifted every single day for uh, 12, let's just say 12, a full year, 12 straight months, every single day, 365 days, you would not look like a man. I promise you. Okay. (laughs) It's it's just the truth. Uh, And I think it's very important that, that women hear that. Because every time I talk to a woman about training and weightlifting, not every time, but a lot of times, the immediate one of the most common questions I get is, is this going to make me look like I have dude shoulders? Is this going to make me look like I have a, a guy's build? And the answer is always no. It's always no. It's going to actually make you look more feminine and, and sexier and, and, and it's going to make you feel sexier and it's going to make you feel more powerful like as a woman and it's going to build confidence and, and it's just, uh, it's, you know, anyway, I'm going off kind of on a side thing here, but anyway, compound exercises are not going to make you look like something that you're not. Okay. And that's, that's really the, the punchline there. So again, I just want to harp on this one more time about isolation exercises. They do not have the ability to activate synergist muscles the same way as a compound exercise. Okay, I can't say that enough. They do not activate the synergist muscles the same way as a compound exercise. Okay, you can build some crazy muscle size and a ton of strength in very, very, very specific muscle groups purely based on your incorporation of isolation exercises. Okay, however you will not ever build them to the level that they could be and should be if you're serious about this without doing compound exercises 
Okay. And again, you don't need to load up these compound exercises to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds. A compound exercise is just a type of exercise. The weight is irrelevant. Okay. Do not want anybody listening to this to be focusing on weight. Yes, you should challenge yourself. And yes, I did say that lunges are great if you can load on like weight and make them heavier, but that doesn't mean hundreds of pounds. Okay. It could mean five extra pounds, 10 extra pounds. Heavier doesn't mean ridiculously heavy. Um, but anyway, uh, what I was trying to get at here is that isolation, isolation exercises are going to be effective at building strength and size and density and muscle mass in certain areas, but never alone will they be as beneficial or effective as the incorporation of and primary focus on using compound exercises to do that. Okay. Now I personally like using the combination. I like doing compound exercises and I like supplementing that with accessory work, AKA isolation work. And when you do that, you get the most well-rounded look and the most well-rounded, um, mixture of strength and size and muscle density. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, when you see bodybuilders or, or even, I guess, just people in the fitness industry, and they have a look that looks very appealing because everything is proportional, okay? That's a result of someone who does compound lifting, okay? And they, they're focusing on their entire body head to toe, which is very difficult to do if you're not doing compound lifts. They are doing isolation work, so they might have really big arms, but you also notice that they have really, really nice shoulders, okay? And a really, really thick back and a thick chest or whatever, like everything's proportional. And again, you can't really build one muscle group bigger than the other ones if you're not doing compound lifts. So it's just kind of the way it is. So um, anyway, I really feel like this episode shed uh, a light on some information that not a lot of people are really that privy to. And I'm hoping that I educated at least one person on the difference between compound lifts and isolation lifts and the importance of both of them, but more so the importance of compound lifts. And I think that if, um, if anyone hears this who was curious about this stuff, they would actually get a lot of value out of it. And if you have someone in your life who's curious about this stuff or you know that they would benefit from hearing this, go ahead and share this with them and um, feel free to also please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That helps me out tremendously. It doesn't cost you anything. Just takes like 30 seconds and it helps me reach more people and get this message out and help educate and develop people's understanding and education on the whole strength of body and mind model. So again, guys, uh, that's it. I'm going to wrap up this episode here. Thank you so much for checking it out and I will see you in the next one. See you.